2: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.
1: How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Redskins. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks. You can find my work on breaking football and breaking the draft podcast with my co-host, Jonathan Valencia. I'm joined today by Robbie Duncan. Who is the writer for Redskins Capital Connection and the co-host of RCC's On the Warpath podcast? How's it going, Robbie?
0: I'm good, man. How you doing?
1: Pretty good, pretty good. Glad to have you back on, and you know I'm glad we're kind of starting this little tradition. So if you guys don't remember last time that Robbie's on, we always, we started off by talking about a big movie. Now the movie hadn't just come out, so I guess a lot of you guys weren't really familiar with Hateful Eight at that time because it was out for like a year or two, and we started talking about it. But this next movie we're going to talk about. To start our tradition of starting off all of our, uh, whenever time, like Robbie comes on here, starting off with movies, we're going to talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi. Now, Robbie, just initial reaction. <laughs> how much did you like this movie? How much you hate this movie? What was your initial reaction to this movie?
0: Yeah, before we jump into spoiler stuff, I, yes. I think my initial reaction was just plain old, like, I'm not sure what to feel right now. <laughs> I, <laughs> it, it was so much shock and awe, you know, just like, what, what just happened? You know, <laughs>
2: exactly. I, I
0: loved it though. Like f- for the most part, there's some gripes and, and stuff that we'll touch on in a minute. But overall, I, I I enjoyed it. I had a good time, and it was it felt like a Star Wars movie to
1: me. Yeah. To avoid spoilers here with this first part here, I, I'm completely with you. Like I know I, when I left the theater, I hated this movie. I thought it was terrible, <laughs> and I think that's just the red like the the Star Wars Homer I am. I love Star Wars. I love all the uh, lore of Star Wars, everything about it, and I think. This movie kind of offends all the Star Wars like realist people. I think that was a big problem with this movie. But the more I've thought about it, the more I've kind of reflected on the movie since then. I, I don't mind it now. I think it's pretty solid. It's not you know, near Rogue One for me or near Empire for me at all, but I, do, I did enjoy the movie for sure.
0: I, I have had friends that tell me they've seen it a second and even third time, and it's, to them, it's, they like it better the more they see it. I think there's this, there's initial reaction to it where you're just like, not sure how to process it, not sure how you feel about it, but then seeing it again, I think puts things into more, gives you more clarity, if that makes sense.
1: No, I completely agree with you. I mean, just me thinking about it has given me more clarity, so I'm pretty sure if I were to watch it again, I would probably like it more. But now we're going to kind of yeah. jump into some spoilers here, so again, if you guys have not seen this movie, this next part we're going to go into here is littered with spoilers, so please don't listen ahead, skip to... You know, whatever minute mark I'll probably write it in the description, which minute mark to skip to if you don't want spoilers. But yeah, smart it is. (laughs) But to (laughs) kind of jump into spoilers here for the movie. Now, what did you not like about this movie? What is the main reason made you go like, what is this? What was your main gripe with this movie?
0: Okay, main gripe was the Mary Poppins Leia (laughs) scene. I love that description you know, of
1: it. I love yeah, that description. Yeah, it was
0: perfect. Like, you think of it, just give her an umbrella and, uh, and her little suitcase handbag thing, and she's literally flying like uh, Mary Poppins through the, through space back to the ship.
1: Oh, that was terrible. I, you know,
0: I, I hate that because of how they executed it. I
1: yeah.
2: think a lot
0: of people did want to see Leia finally use some sort of force power of some kind. We all know that she's a Skywalker and has this... You know, it's passed down into her generation with Luke. We all wanted to see more than just, you know, her kind of, like, Force sensitivity that she had, where she could, like, feel Luke from across the galaxy and hear him talking to her. Or, you know, in The Force Awakens, she felt Han dying. Like, you knew she had Force powers, but you you wanted to see it. It was just so badly done.
1: It was horrible. That's why it was bad. It was hilarious. I actually laughed. Like, my my buddies and I, we were probably the loudest people in the theater because we were laughing so loud at that part. It was... I don't know if the CGI was just bad or just the idea of that scene in general was horrible. I I couldn't take that scene serious. To me though, my my I have a couple big gripes with this movie because again, I didn't sure. love it coming out. But one of my biggest ones was the entire Finn and Rose storyline where they went to the casino planet. I thought that had nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. It stopped the entire movie. I didn't I wasn't even invested in the scenes. I I didn't care about them. And then they had to throw in some some really cheesy scene where they took off the saddle off that that horse thing and were like, now it's yeah. now it's the right thing to do. And I was like, this is terrible. This whole like, I just watched thirty minutes of a scene I don't care about, and I thought that it I was, just paused the movie right there for me.
0: Yeah, I think that part would have worked out better had it actually. Had an end result where right? yeah. it made a difference. Like they went to Canto Bright and, and um or Canto Byte or whatever the planet's called. They're looking for this codebreaker guy who's played by uh, Justin Thoreau cameo, and they don't even get to the. They, it's not even that guy that they yeah. land. They mm-hmm. get thrown into a cell and just somehow manage to be thrown into a cell, the same cell with some other like random codebreaker guy that's played by benicio del toro with which an a unnecessary waste. stutter
1: They wasted. a characters. lot of
0: yeah it was a waste of waste of time yeah. they get to the, the the ship and and nothing they didn't even do what they were meant to do they they got turned in it it, it had no real overall result that or any effect on the overall plot it was just a side story to give Finn some, you know, some kind of purpose. Yeah. Uh, and I like Finn a lot as a character. I th- I feel like they kind of just wasted him in that regard.
1: Yeah, man, I'm I'm with you. I thought there was a lot of just there was. I have a lot of gripes with this movie. Like I, I, I'm tempted to go off like right now on a bunch of the gripes. <laughs> uh, one of my biggest ones too is Star Wars has this theme where they like to just waste really cool characters. You know, they wasted Darth Maul completely. They wasted yes. Boba Fett in the originals, and this one they completely wasted Captain Phasma. Like this trilogy, I thought Phasma was going to be some cool like stormtrooper. She had like a total of what three scenes in the two movies. It was yep. ah man, I was so upset when when it was she got one fight scene, and I was like, this is terrible. We we already lose this cool villain. No, I
0: agree. I, that that was a wasted character in in my other biggest gripe behind the after the Leia scene is supreme leader snoke yeah snoke was this in my opinion he they built him up to be this huge like game-breaking big baddie kind of guy mm-hmm. with this unbelievable power like he was messing with ray and it even Kylo, at the same time, just like like they were toys with with his force powers and and using the force against uh, General Hux in the command bridge from wherever he was at the time. Like he was this powerful dude. Like how the hell are they gonna stop this guy? And then all of a sudden, Kylo just <laughs> secretly cuts him in half, and and that's it. Bye, yeah. Snoke. It's been nice knowing you. No backstory, no nothing. Nope. Nope. No expedition or ex- exposition. Just you know, kind of tossed aside.
1: Yeah, I, I really hated that, too. I, I mean, I like the idea of it, the big twist there, but I didn't... I don't know. Like, I love the idea of doing that. It's just... Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I kind of wanted it, kind of didn't. I still want to know about him. And I'm just going to yeah. throw in my last little gripe here. I don't know if anyone else in the world has this gripe, because I I took it as a big gripe in this movie, and I thought it was really lazy writing. So we got through the killing of Snoke. I thought it was awesome. I thought the scene yeah. was, was awesome, and I was really shocked, right? And then they had the, fight was awesome. Yeah, the awesome fight, and then immediately after, Kylo Ren basically breaks the fourth wall, and looks at the audience, and says, like, hey, Ray, you know who your parents are, right? And she's like, yeah, they're drunks. See that, you two people? <laughs> who ca- they're not anybody. Your theory sucks. Yeah, look, your theory sucks, and she's not a part of this sto- He even said it, you're not part of this story. Like, I, I hated that. I thought the writing was terrible, like... I love that her parents were nobodies. I love that she's like an orphan nobody, but I hated the execution of that because it was just like haha we made you wait almost two movies just to tell you her parents are nobodies. We got you and I, I hated that it, that scene really killed me
0: Let me spin that into a positive way though I feel like it it kind of answers that question, but it also in a way leaves it open for JJ. J. Abrams to come back to this in the next movie, the final of the trilogy, you can spin it that Kylo was basically kind of just like putting words in her mouth and, and, and feeding her, you know, information to make her join him and come to the dark side with him and, and take over the uh, first order. So I, I feel like they could, if JJ Abrams wants to, I think he has the ability to kind of, spinning around in a, in a different direction and say, well, he was just misleading her and this is the big reveal we were getting to. But on the flip side too, I do like the fact that she's a random nobody with come from no uh, special parents. It it, it sh- doesn't shrink the galaxy, you know? Mm-hmm. We didn't need another Skywalker. We didn't need her to be related to somebody else that was big in the original trilogy or even somebody from the prequels. Yeah. You know, the galaxy in Star Wars is huge. There is so much to explore. And, and that's kind of... What they were alluding to at the end of the movie, too, with the broom kid, the force is not just exclusive to the skywalkers anymore. It's it's anybody can be a jedi, anybody can be force sensitive. So I, I do like that part of it. It it, it kind of gives I think the big emphasis or theme in this movie that Rian Johnson wanted to Ryan Johnson wanted to uh, put out there is is hope. Like yeah. he's kind of reestablishing the the need for hope and and sparking giving people hope in the world that you know there's more. To it than just what you are experiencing, or something like
1: that. Yeah, well said, man. Well said. I I completely agree. I just didn't like the execution. Like the execution of that scene kind of threw me off. But yeah, we've we've gone on about the negatives here. We're gonna go into the positives here in a second. But I gotta get this in real quick. Just remember, guys, go on iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to Locked On Redskins. I believe if you search Redskins keyworded into iTunes, we are the fifth or sixth podcast that pops up, which is great. You guys are doing a lot of reviews right now, giving me really high ratings. I love it. So go in there, leave a review on iTunes, put your name in the description so I know who it is, give you guys a big shout out on Twitter and everything. So again, guys, go on go on iTunes, rate, review,
2: and subscribe to Locked On Redskins. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
1: All right, Robbie. So we did not hate this movie, and I, I know it sounds like we kind of hate this movie. But let's go into some positives here. What was your favorite overall scene in this movie?
0: Uh, that 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 fight with Rey and Kylo oh. teaming up to take down the the guards or Snoke's guards was like a top ten moment for me. It was so good. But even better than that, I thought was I didn't think she deserved this moment, but because I didn't like her that much as a character, General Holdo.
1: Yeah, I know but, what you're, saying you're talking about. I know where you're going
0: her hyperspace kamikaze <sighs> moment to take down snoke's ship yes is easily in my opinion a top 5 moment of all Star Wars like that is something nobody has ever seen before and that was just a true jaw dropping holy shit moment
1: it was no it really was like and not only like the scene was cool like the lighting the special effects the sound oh my god the sound in the theater when mm-hmm. when that happened like how it just went like deafening silent and you just heard that little. It was it was wonderful. I I can't explain it. If you guys haven't seen the movie again, please please go watch it just for that scene. Even it's so wonderfully done. I mean, I think they should get an Oscar just for sound and special effects just for that one scene. Sure, absolutely. It was an excellent scene. I really loved it. Uh, anything else that really stuck out to you about this movie though that you loved?
0: Um, I loved that they brought Yoda back as a force yes, ghost, and they I made him it. they made him look like the original puppet. Yeah from Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, they didn't make him look CGI, CGI like the old uh, prequels did. So I really loved that. Yoda coming back was awesome. Um, and I really liked Luke. I think people mm-hmm. have some gripes about Luke, but I love everything about him. I mean, in his you know older age and it, his experience from what he's gone through, people kind of like, well, Luke shouldn't have had this urge to kill Kylo because he sent some dark side in him. But I mean, everybody's... Luke is human just like everybody else. He yeah. makes mistakes just like we do. And he's, he suffered for that mistake. And, and look what Kylo Ren has become because of that mistake. But I loved Luke overall. I thought he was great. His little showdown with Kylo Ren at the end, projecting himself all the way across the galaxy and fighting him. In my opinion, I was blown away. That, that yeah. was the most powerful use of the force I've witnessed in a Star Wars canon medium like Mm -hmm. you know you can go to the force of what's the um video game force unleashed um force unleashed when he brings down the starfighter that was really cool too but i don't know luke meditating and projecting himself all the way across the galaxy like he was actually there and fighting kylo i mean he went out like a complete badass and, and like the best most powerful jedi that ever lived type thing and he i mean i hate seeing i hated seeing him die but he was he went out like
1: you know, n- numero uno. <laughs> he did. No, he did. And I'm glad you mentioned all those Luke things because one thing I really have to commend this movie for, which I know a lot of people are kind of bashing it for, I got to commend this movie for all the risks it took. It took this is the it's most sweet. risky Star Wars movie that they have ever made by far and away. Mm-hmm. You know, we made Luke the one of the biggest protagonists in the history of cinema, nearly kill his nephew who was a kid in his sleep. They had, yeah. they it had, uh, w- yeah, they had different uses of the force that we have never seen before in any Star Wars basically calling all of these these force users in this movie like the strongest ever in history of the force which does rub a lot of Star Wars fanboys the wrong way but again it's a risk that you take that killing snoke that's one heck of a risk right there cuz you're putting so much into that character
0: and yeah, speaking of joke, I, I wanted to say this too. We've, from up to this point, in, at least in the movies, we've only seen the Rule of Two work out where the Master replaces the Apprentice. Mm-hmm. This was the first time we've seen the Apprentice actually take over from the Master. Yeah. So that was really cool in my opinion. Like we were actually seeing the Rule of Two work in a different way. And for mm-hmm. those of you that don't know the Rule of Two, it means there's always a Master, a Sith Master, and a Sith Apprentice. And the Sith Apprentice... Has to take over the Sith Lord to become the new Sith Master, and he chooses a new apprentice, so on and so forth. And the Sith Master always looks for the next 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 best apprentice. Anyway, I love seeing that come into to actually happen. And I also are you familiar at all with uh, Did you play the Knights of the Old Republic games growing up?
1: I have. I was with my friend when he played them, so I know the story of them. Are you talking about Revan and uh, and Mal and yeah. Malak? Yeah, Red I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yep.
0: Another aspect of the extended universe that they kind of brought into this that I liked, and some people have their gripes about it, but it touched on a aspect of the force uh, of the force that's not really known in the canon or saga at least is force bonds. Mm-hmm. This like connection people make through the force. Where they're like connected in a way, and and that's exactly what was kind of touched on with uh, Kylo and Ray communicating with each other through the Force. Snoke, yeah, he he implemented it and created this little connection between the two of them, but it still it introduced the concept of Force bonds, which I thought was really cool.
1: Yeah, for sure, and I, I thought that was an excellent part of the movie. I I thought it was really interesting too. And but again, that's another risk they took. That's that's a different yep. use of the Force that you've never seen before. I mean, They took so many risks with this movie, and even if they didn't all pan out, because I don't think a lot of them really, like, I don't think all of them really did, but you've got to admire a filmmaker for taking that many risks, and I really do think that Star Wars is better because of it, because Star Wars has been getting really bland with their overall stories, and I do think the overall, overall story of this movie was a little bland, but I do love the risk, and I love trying to take Star Wars in a different direction. We're not just going to have a rehashing of Empire in this movie. We're going to have a different movie, which... I, you know, even if I don't love the movie, I do respect that, and I do love that they're trying to do this a different way. So I thought that was it's, one it's, big plus that they had going for them in this movie. Absolutely,
0: it's fresh, it's new. They gotta, you know, change it up some to keep people interested and in w- wanting to come back to see how the rest plays out. You know, it, it's it's smart, and they had to do it. You know, like it or not, I think.
1: Yeah, I'm completely with you. So that's all of our uh, Star Wars knowledge that we're gonna drop on you guys for today. If you guys want us <laughs> to, if you guys really want to hear us go even more in depth on this, give us a lot of likes. Maybe we'll throw podcast out there of just star wars for you guys maybe it'd i can, like that
0: i can talk star wars I, i'm a pop culture nerd more than anything i mean <laughs> i love the redskins but video games movies television pop culture stuff like that i'm i'm, I'm a complete
1: nerd oh man i'm a, when it comes to star wars man i'm just as nerdy so again if you guys want to hear us go even more in depth on this send us a bunch of likes send us a, co- a bunch of comments maybe we'll even do a longer podcast on this but before we jump into some actual redskins and some actual nfl talk here i just want to give you guys a little preview for the rest of the week now, tomorrow we're going to be having Redskins Realist on the podcast tomorrow. Big Redskins fan on Twitter. You guys got to follow him. He's a little crazy, so I'm, I'm excited to have him on here. I talk to him quite a bit. And also, on Friday, we are doing a like a combined podcast with Locked On Broncos. Awesome podcast over there. So go follow Cody Rourke on Twitter. He He's doing a great job with Locked On Broncos. So we're going to preview the Redskins and Broncos game this week. So tune in for those two shows the rest
2: of the week, guys.
1: All right, Robbie. So again, we're not just going to talk only Star Wars, which we could. I I mean, we have enough content to go on for another three and a half hours probably on Star Wars. It's
0: it's, it's time to talk about what we're actually here for, right?
1: Yeah, locked on Redskins. We're not locked on Kylo Ren or something like that. We are (laughs) locked on Redskins here. So we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl rosters that have come out. And we're going to talk specifically about the Redskins, guys. Now, there are plenty of... Of NFC guys that we could talk about, but let's focus just on the Redskins guys. Now the Redskins have three starters in the Pro Bowl coming up. They have Ryan Kerrigan, Brandon Sheriff, and Trent Williams are all starters. What do you What do you think about those three selections as the Redskins starters?
0: I think they all deserved it. Kerrigan had a, has had another solid year. He's been getting the job done in in more ways than one. And he's he's besides him and Fuller, maybe. I mean, if the other guys were healthy, then maybe there'd be a de- different case for other bright spots but he was one of the true bright spots on this team all season long and he he definitely deserved the uh the nod to the pro bowl i mean he's one of the league leaders in sacks for the in the nfc and i think he's like what top seven
1: top six maybe every year he sacks is. every year he's yeah. top seven
0: yeah he's 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 very consistent and oh. he, he deserves the nod and then trent williams and brandon sheriff i mean i i don't think i need to elaborate on how much they deserved it either I mean Trent Williams dominated guys with one knee basically I mean he's been struggling to stay healthy with that knee all year long and just flat out dominating guys I mean he's besides maybe Tyron Smith he's the best left tackle in the NFL and there's no Mm -hmm. real argument to be made about it for anybody else him and Tyron Smith are the top two and then after that there's a drop off in my opinion but uh Brandon Sheriff I mean he's it's good to see him the starter this time around. I think he was in the backup the year before, yep. but he he was he, he took another step up this year from last year. He, he's just so he's he's a, a very aggressive blocker, but he's controlled if that makes sense. He's not he's not um, out there just trying to lay guys out. He's it's a controlled aggression, and I love that. You know that's what you want to see in an offensive lineman that you're you're beating him with solid sound technique, but you're also just Flat out kicking his ass at the same time, and that's exactly how Brandon Sheriff plays, and that's how you should play the offensive line. So seeing him get the the uh, recognition and be a starter for the Pro Bowl is very makes me very happy.
1: Yeah, for sure, I'm 100 percent with you. Those three guys definitely deserved it. Hopefully, none of them actually play in the game, though. I think Kerrigan's probably the only one who's going to play in the game because there's no chance Williams does, and Sheriff's still a little banged up too. So we'll see yeah, on their probably. status. Yeah, we'll see on their status going in the game, but Trent Williams definitely won't play. The Redskins also had two alternates, Zach Brown and Josh Norman. What do you think about those two? You can
0: classify me as this if you want, but I'm a I'm a big proponent for Josh or uh, Zach Brown. He, he's he may not be the best in coverage. We all can't deny that, but the dude is flat out all around the football. Even if he happens to you know miss a guy in, in coverage or something here and there, but the guy he's missed a couple games. He's been hurt. He's been banged up all year, and he still leads the league in tackles. I mean. It's hard to say he should be an over Bobby Wagner or Luke Kuechly and all, but, you know, I I still kind of, I I don't know, it should be more than just two inside linebackers that are going to the Pro Bowl, but maybe at least three. But anyway, he's a guy that deserved it. I mean, I'm not going to... I mean, I tweeted a couple reaction tweets just, you know, to be funny, but I also kind of felt that way. But Zach definitely performed at a Pro Bowl level, in my opinion, and, you know, one of these guys, if they say... Panthers go to the Super Bowl then he'll be in there because Kirkley won't be playing in the Pro Bowl. But anyway, uh yeah. Brown should have been in. I in my opinion, uh call me a stan if you want, but um <laughs> Josh Norman, it's 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 good to see him as an alternate, but I mean really, I don't know. He he just, the problem with him is he doesn't have the stats to really make a good case. I mean, he doesn't get thrown at a lot in my which is good. You know, that that Does say something about how good he is, but you don't have any interceptions to to, kind of hang your hat on, or he doesn't have a lot of passes deflected. You know, just the stats just doesn't kind of speak to how good he has been when he was playing in healthy. So, I mean, I can't really say he should be in there, but I don't know. Kind of, it's also kind of a, you know, know, this Pro Bowl thing is, is by, you know, how popular you are and how much the fans know your name. And there's people like, Josh, and you have your you got your guy from the Vikings, Harrison Smith, who should be in yeah, there. 100%. It's it's a popularity vote in a lot of cases, but yeah, Josh, unfortunately this year just didn't have the the stats to make a good solid case to to be there. But you know, being an alternate is also good too. So you know, we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you completely on Josh Norman. I really don't think he should have been an alternate. Just to throw a little bit of stats at you, I checked on Pro Football Focus about two weeks ago, kind of where his. I'm not going over their overall grade because. You and I both agree their overall grades are a little screwy, but when it comes to their kind of their in-depth stats, they're they're fairly accurate. And Josh Norman has not been that top-tier corner this year, especially in coverage. He's allowed 62% of uh, the targets his way to be caught. He's 107 quarterback rating when targeted, but you know he is one of the least targeted corners in the NFL. He does have that going for him, but again, with with zero picks, uh, 107 QB rating. I think it's up to well, like 118 now, quarterback rating when targeted this year. It's not very yeah. good. I just don't see that top tier corner anymore with him. And hopefully it's just a one year thing, or it's kind of him faltering down the stretch in a losing season, which you know you don't want to see. But you know that it yeah. does happen with these with these veteran type yeah. players. Sorry, I, th- I think
0: he's kind of a guy that needs to have that good a good safety behind him to yeah. be his backup. Like when Monte Nicholson was back there, and they had yeah. the range to to do what they what Norman's more comfortable with. He was better. At least that's the way it seemed like to me. But um, there was a guy, you know, one guy that should have gotten some votes or at least an alternate or something. But, I mean, it's hard because he's a nickel corner. But mm-hmm. Kendall Fuller, I mean, he, he besides Kerrigan, was the other bright spot on this team this year. I mean, you can't throw a screen his way at all because he will sniff it out. Like, I don't think there's been one screen that he hasn't disrupted that's been thrown his way. Um, he's got He's one of the league leaders in interceptions. He's right there at it, if not... I think the lead guy has like six. He has he has four, which is still right behind that. So he has some stats to back himself up. But again, it's it's tough to be a nickel corner and and make the Pro Bowl and not be the number one guy.
1: One hundred percent. And to again throw some pro football focus stats with Kendall Fuller, he has been by sure. far the Redskins probably their best defender on their team, maybe their best overall player this year. Now his run grades not very good, but he's got one of the highest cover grades in the NFL. They they get rated him out as eighty nine cover grade out of 100 this year and let's see he's allowed 29 catches on 46 targets for 250 yards one touchdown and four picks and again this was just two this was two weeks ago so it, it, you know it's definitely changed a little bit but yeah he's six in the NFL with a quarterback quarterback rating of only 51.6 when he's targeted this year that's outstanding you know and yeah. when you're when you're in the slot too it's not like you're covering third string receivers I know that's a common misconception because everyone plays Madden but you're not covering third string receivers you're covering starters were put in the slot you're covering the quickest the fastest guys on the field and to see him go from a guy who gave up what 16 catches to stefan diggs last year in their game Damn. to being you know top five top six in the nfl and qb rating when targeted with four picks this year such an outstanding uh-huh. jump from that guy and i i am so proud of him he had so much to overcome you know he had to overcome an acl injury d- losing his defensive back coach halfway through college coming out of that crazy vt defensive back scheme that they have there and just adjusting uh-huh. to the nfl he is his strides that he has made are beautiful, and I'm so glad that he has turned into the player he has.
0: He's a very intelligent player, and you know, the other thing about makes the nickel corner spot so difficult is you don't have a sideline to help you out. Mm-hmm. You, the, your receivers have a two way go, whichever they want to, whatever they want to do. So that, that's even more a, a credit to how good he is as a cover corner. So I mean, I I don't know how things will shake up. And me and Rob Henson on our podcast last week pointed out. That, I think others have as well, but Norman does have an opt-out clause in his contract. He could be a free agent this year if he wants to. So, how that shakes out, Kendall Fuller in that number one spot with
2: mm-hmm.
0: if with Breland if he's resigned or with uh, you know I, uh, I don't
2: know
1: they
0: they need to touch up the the secondary depth a little bit if we lose both Norman and Breland. But I think he does show the ability to be a number one guy if called to to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I want to go back on Zach Brown a little bit just because we kind of glossed over him. I'm kind of with you, kind of against. Like, Zach Brown, I'm 100% with you when it comes to his presence on the field. He is all over the field, man. I mean, he is just everywhere. I think when I did the Pro Football Focus stats again, I think he made like a tackle or a stop on 20% of the plays on the field. That counts passing and run plays. That's outstanding. Like, that's 20% of the time. One of every five plays, he's involved in a tackle or, or forcing the ball carry backwards. That just shows you where he is. Like, he's literally all over the place. And that's the biggest thing he brings to your team. Now, again, profile focus is not high on him. Has him as a below-average starter, mainly because his pass coverage grade is the the worst in the NFL as a middle linebacker. And I think my big problem with that is it's not lack of athleticism why he's a bad pass coverage guy. It's just he doesn't understand the concept of zones, I think. And I don't think he really understands. I think he's more of a see-it-and-attack-it type of guy and it really hurts him in pass coverage. And just to throw the pass coverage stats at you, these, they're kind of ugly. He's allowed, I think it's an 81% completion percentage when targeted. He's the most targeted player on the team. He's allowed six touchdowns in coverage. Per coverage snap, he allows one yard per coverage snap. So every time he covers someone, the opponent cover, yeah. gains a yard on offense is what that stat means. <laughs> so that that's kind of where he is in coverage. And I think the, I, I think one big problem with that is too is Sue Craven's not playing this year. Is forced kind of mm-hmm. Zach Brown kind of being more of a third down coverage guy. Now he would be on the mm-hmm. field third downs regardless, but you would have Cravens covering the guy instead of instead of Zach Brown. So there's a lot of factors that go into this, but overall again, Zach Brown's a great player. He's all over the field. He definitely deserves this nod he got as an, as an alternate. And you know he'll be playing in the game if he's healthy enough. And by all yeah. means, he definitely deserves and he's going to get paid this all season. I'm glad because he's a good player, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he just needs to be used to
0: his strengths. I mm-hmm. mean, you have people that can do at all and they're very valuable but what Zach does well, he does very well which is getting after the football, chasing after quarterbacks when they scramble. I, I think you just need to kind of adjust how he's used. I mean, they've had to force him to be cover guy because they've lost mason foster they've lost will compton they've had a ton of injuries on defense that's made guys roles change but when i think if you had a a true alpha linebacker the next to him i I like mason foster but if you could have another guy like like a deon jones or you know or smith from georgia a linebacker like that that can be that yeah raquan smith guys that can be that alpha but still have the athleticism to to do everything you need them to do, that would be the most beneficial thing for Zach Brown, in my opinion. You could let him do whatever you want him to do. You know, spy on the quarterback, blitz. You know, whatever you want to do, he he can do it. Just, I I do think coverage wise, he's better when we have a lead. Like mm-hmm. if you look, if you go back to that Raiders game when we had a good lead, they could they played just strict like drop back zone and keep everything in front of them. And it forces the quarterback to just dump it off across the middle, and then boom, Zach Brown's right there. Yeah, I mean that that's that's if you need, do need him to cover, that's the best way to do it. Definitely. Instead of you know with assignments and, and you know if he does this, I got to do this. Don't, don't Zach Brown's not a guy you want to keep thinking, and you want him to play fast. If he has to think, he's playing slower than he should. You know what I mean?
1: No, I completely get you, and that was one of my big gripes with him, too, is just he's not that kind of cerebral middle linebacker that's going to run your defense. He's the guy who's going to line up next to your, your captain of your defense, your Roquan Smith types, and he's just going to attack, man, and that's what he's great at. And I kind of compared him a couple podcasts ago to, like, Chris Thompson, but on defense, where it's – he's a very good role player that the fans fall in love with because he makes these flashy plays and these big plays, and he's a great contributor for the team. But at the end of the day, he is an – excellent role player he's not your your star every down like every type of like day every single play type player he's your excellent role player and he's going to do that role to an elite level but he's not gonna again he's not gonna be your I'm not gonna say he's not a difference maker but he's not your every down guy that you can completely rely on like Chris Thompson you can't ask him to carry the load you can't ask Zach Brown to cover you know Gronkowski or someone like that you just can't ask him to do that and, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing to be an elite role player. I mean, Chris Thompson, again, it's proven it's not a bad thing to be an elite role player. And that's just what Zach was, Brown is.
0: Yeah, and Chris Thompson, I think, would have at least been an alternate this yeah. season had he stayed healthy. I mean, you, it's hard to say he should have been in over Kamara or Ingram or Gurley, but he, he had a strong Pro Bowl case this year before he got hurt. So, I mean, you can be in a, a really great role player and, and have a big impact on a team. and And Zach Brown is that quote unquote football player type, you know, that fits and does what you need him to do and he, what you want him to do is attack and, and use his speed to to help the defense. And I, I really hope I I I think he'll be back. I, I think the Redskins have seen what exactly he can do when, when he's healthy and he has a leader linebacker next to him where he can just pin his ears back and go get it or, you know, chase after the running back. Whatever you want him to do. Like he, he can be this Impact role player like you like you said, and and be a big uh, difference maker. So I, I, I hope he's here for a long time, especially for Madden. <laughs> yeah, Because I, I, I use I use her, the, the middle linebackers, and they need to be fast for me to use her. <laughs> I was really happy when we signed him.
1: <laughs> just put just put Nicholson in the middle just, linebacker. That's always fun, putting that 90 oh, yeah, speed yeah. in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, guys, that is all we have for today's podcast. Very long show here, but with a lot of great content. Robbie, thanks for coming on today, man. Any closing words?
0: No, that's it. If you don't follow me on Twitter, just uh, follow me at Robbie OL. And uh, if you don't already listen to it, uh, listen to me and Rob Henson's podcast On the Warpath. It's not your typical cover the news type thing. We, we more debate topics and, and try to keep things more, you know, it, we, we bring our perspectives into things instead of just covering news and, and analyzing. It, it's fun.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. That's always a fun way to do it. So, everyone, please go check out On the Warpath podcast with robbie duncan there he is doing a great job over there i am zach hicks as always your host here on locked on redskins follow me on here on itunes and also on breaking football and breaking the draft podcast my co-host john valencia so be sure to again tune in to later in the week guys as we do a a joint show with locked on broncos and redskins realist will be coming on tomorrow to share his hot takes and stuff so be sure to tune in to those next two podcasts guys have a good night
2: hey prime members